0: Hi, this is Sarah Cross and we are here with Zen Mama and Everyday people.
1: everyone welcome back to the podcast thanks for being here as i continue my series with these amazing authors that i have met through my ignite experience and today sarah cross is joining us and i really want to get right into it because i know it's going to be such a delicious conversation because i've talked to sarah a couple times we have shared our stories and um you know i just i feel like i've become a friend with her a kindred soul for sure Um, that's the beauty of this experience but Sarah is a mother. Um, she is a best selling author, an international best selling author, I should say. She's a world explorer, a lover of life, and she has a business called The Art of Storytelling. It's a coaching business. And she's a soon to be podcaster. So we'll let her share that part of it as we unfold um, her journey here today. Welcome, Sarah.
0: Hi, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to talk with you, Mary. And like you said, it's been so amazing getting to know you as we are both co-authors in a book that's coming up and have been sharing our stories together.
1: Yeah, it has been. You were, I think, the first one I shared my story with when we, after, um, just for all of you, after we go through this journey, which I've shared a few times uh, in prior interviews, of writing our story, that's the beauty of doing it in this community, is we can then tell our story, read it to each other, and um, Sarah beautifully held space, we don't, I, I was surprised how emotional I got when I read my story, even though I wrote it and sat with it so many times, um, it was, and, your, and yours, you know, we'll talk about here today a little bit, but it was um, a beautiful space to share with you, and I really appreciated that, Um, This is not your first Ignite chapter that you've written in a compilation book, right?
0: That's correct. The first one was in a book called Ignite Happiness that came Mm. out in 2020. And it was a perfect time because it was when the world all closed down Mm -hmm. and this theme of happiness just ran so well. And I love that experience so much. And then now I'm in this new one, Ignite Your Wisdom, which I'm also very excited about.
1: Yeah, it is. It's going to be a wonderful book. All these wise wisdom, uh, wise souls, as I say, are everyday gurus, right? Uh, The wise that walk amongst us, Um, having everyday experiences, but letting them find their light and shine it out on the path for others. Um, Sarah lives in New Zealand. So we've coordinated our time here (laughs) with a little effort on my part to figure out this time
0: difference, but
1: but you haven't always lived in New Zealand, right?
0: No, I'm originally from the UK, from Mm. the second biggest city, Birmingham, right in the middle Mm. of the UK. But my husband is from New Zealand. And so we've been here pretty much just before the pandemic all arose. Yeah.
1: Oh, so not that long, a couple of years. Yeah, it's a good place to be during this time period, though. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. And we were in the middle of traveling and only planned to be here for six months. And <laughs> a half year later, we're still here. So here we are. Yes. Yeah,
1: you seem to flow with it pretty well. Um, and I'd like to get, I'm trying to think of a nice starting place because you have your story, but I know there's a lot that has built up to that moment. But perhaps it might be a nice place to start. Um, and then we could backtrack from there. Or where do you think would be a nice place to start and finding your way to the story that you wrote most recently?
0: I think starting with the story is, is a great way so my story is about our my experience in the 2004 indonesian tsunami which happened on boxing day it is one of those days where the date is totally ingrained in my head Mm -hmm. Um, i think like those twin towers moments that just impact you because it was one of those events around the world where so many thousands and millions were affected. And so we were in a little pocket of Malaysia on a boat or preparing to leave that day. And I was the chef on board and woke up very early because I had a mission because we had guests coming out and I had to prepare and stock for all these people. And so I was off jetting around all the amazing markets that Malaysia has to offer, the chatter, the smell of the amazing fish. And I was running from shop to location to get everything together. And it was taking me a long time to get all these <laughs> things together. This. And the car was absolutely heaving. And I was getting calls from the crew to say, hurry up where are you we need you back and this was boxing day so the day before was Christmas day everyone had had a few drinks but I'd said Mm -hmm. no I've got this big responsibility I have to be up early so there was a little bit of me that was like I'm going as fast as I can you know (laughs) Um, yeah you know while they were kind of got up slowly and so I raced back and I got back to the boat as quickly as I could and then everybody helped me unpack and the motors were ready and they were come on we need to go real time pressured and suddenly there was this warning I was unpacking the boxes and somebody came down and said watch out for a big wave and and I was like what this this utter confusion what are you talking about what and then they were gone and I carried on unpacking the boxes and And suddenly the whole boat just went up and down. And it was that confusion of what is this? Is everything Mm. gonna fall what are we doing? Quickly, reach out for everything. And so I managed to pack everything away because I couldn't leave. Everything was so precariously balanced on each other because I had so many provisions that I had to pack it away. And then I ran up to the bridge, the wheelhouse where you could see in front of the boat to say what's going on and I just stopped and it's that moment that even now recalling it, it takes my breath away because mm. in front of us were all these small boats normally there were these pontoons wooden that's what I was expecting to see but it wasn't the water was just swirling and as it was swirling it would it even in front of us and already it had just ripped apart pontoons boats mm. were upside down in the water they were clanging together it was just a complete disarray a mess you know and you I could see this whirlpool heading towards our boat and then you have this sudden fear for your own safety yeah as well as what's going on and so there's this big confusion in my head as to like what is this your your whole body is trying to comprehend because everything that you think should be there isn't everything's Mm. been changed in this Mm. split second and you have this great fear for your own personal safety for everything around and then you start what are we going to do now what's next what should we do you've never been in a scenario like this and so it was that moment was definitely quite overwhelming but then beyond that you know your your brain starts going into okay let's what are we going to do now mm-hmm. everything and so we did unfortunately where we were on our boat we were safe this this huge um, whirlpool of water that was consuming the marina didn't actually ever hit our boat but what did hit me for so long was the specific timing of my day of Mm. the way that the boat was just perfectly timed with its engines on with its lines half released it was just so ready you know I thought what if I'd been a little bit quicker I'd I'd been shopping for about four to five hours what if I'd been quick quicker and I'd been back five minutes early Uh, this boat would have been going out of this narrow channel it would have completely lost there's no way I mean all these what-ifs just start to consume me you know and and so I think like the next few days they were just you you can't sleep properly Mm -hmm. you're just wondering again will this come back and although I now knew that we were safe this this feeling of oh my goodness like the timing of my day that day was I part of everything that I was part of maybe keeping everyone safe but then as I watched and and where we were I felt so blessed because everyone was okay yeah and as you watched the news and you watched and I was like just shocked at the complete devastation of some coastal communities and the later more we learned about what was happening was that in indonesia very close to where the actual event took place there were entire villages that were completely wiped away Mm -hmm. from thousands to a a spoon on a beach like you just didn't know a community even existed Mm. because there were waves that were that would go over the top of 100 foot trees yeah you just can't almost, and because even where we were, it, even imagining this was just crazy yeah. for me. How Sarah, how far was, were you from the? We were you in
1: Indonesia?
0: We were about, I believe, three hundred miles. We were in Malaysia, oh, in Malaysia. called Langpower, Langkawi. Langkawi, okay. but we were one of the closest foreign countries to the epicenter okay but what had happened is the wave had split just by us so everywhere north and south of us was worse hit we were in this very strange protected area and I think all the outlying islands had broken the wave up yeah so we were very close and because all working on boats and all the contacts were working in that Industry people started thinking, let's get a boat out there, let's go help. And yeah. so, people started stepping forward, particularly doctors, nurses, um, locals, but they couldn't get there because you just couldn't get into Indonesia and there were right. vessels available. And so, what happened was all these ideas started coming together how can we make this work? Because we know there are people out there that need our help. There are people that in these communities that have survived, but now they've got nothing Mm. absolutely nothing they need food they need resources and all the infrastructure's down and so with this ideas and I watched as different people started to step forward and focus on what we can do as a solution and it was people I think who were like the captain of our boat and other people who were well connected and I sat back and watched and I was just like I want to help but I I didn't really know how or what I mm-hmm. could do because I felt like I didn't have these same connections. I didn't know how to solve the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I just, in the end, I was like, I put my hand up and I said, what can I do? I just want to do something. Yeah. What can I do? And they were like, okay, well, do you want to do the accounts? And I was like, yes, that's fine. Because I like numbers. I'll do that. And then, <laughs> And then it became, we started getting this list of specific things from the people out in Indonesia because
1: mm.
0: of, of the things that were needed. And so it was provisioning and I was like, oh, well, I'll do that because I know all the people. So I've got the contacts there. So I know that they know me and I think I'll be able to get the best deal I can and mm. that will work. And then all of a sudden more and more things kept piling on of like, oh, I think I can help sort that and before i knew it like i didn't know at the start what i was going to be doing but as i actually stepped into it and these roles became available because of course it was all about co-creation and working together yeah. that i realized okay i I've, I've got experience in this i can help with this and as i was doing all these things and waking up and then like I mentioned I had this specific list of groceries not Mm -hmm. like we're going to send out you know like I presume most voluntary groups have there's been a relief effort so here's our list and this is what we're going to send them right it doesn't matter what they need this is what we're going to send them and so Mm -hmm. the difference was we were able to contact the people and because our first delivery was sent out a whole load of fruit and vegetables and of course it was my western idea of what they wanted to eat Mm. but actually then we got this list and I was like oh my goodness this is what they really want and this mm. is what they really need and so mm. I I was the one who went to the shops and I actually ordered it and I was the one who then helped pack it all these groceries onto the ship and make sure they're in the right place so that they wouldn't get bashed and, and that they would be you know with the logistics that they'd be off at the right time and, and everything like that and I And I just loved it so much. And I woke (laughs) up, I started waking up with this renewed spirit of Mm. what life is really about. You know, this this purpose-driven passion of getting up in the morning and no other job I'd ever had that had ever paid me, had ever felt even close to the way that I felt when I was getting up purpose-driven, knowing that there were people out there who were, Almost dying, that had nothing, that had lost entire generations, you know. And and I was a part of the solution. I was a part of helping them move forward in their life. And it was just the most incredible feeling.
1: Yeah. I can see, even when you talk about it, like the care at which and the heart that went into those packages that you sent, you know. I mean, I'm sure not only were the goods received, but the love in which you sent them. I can only imagine, um, and I, I do think that happens. I do think, um, as you said, I think efforts intentions are good, but probably not always matching what's really needed. I've heard that before, so that's so beautiful. And I and I, you know, one of the things that I came back to you with after was I was so that stuck out to me how you how that whole experience went from the the overwhelm of it which is interestingly you guys had no idea it was coming there was no like warning huh it's so interesting Uh, or maybe I mean
0: I don't know how fast it was it it was it was maybe five minutes before the neighbor on a boat said have you heard of some strange wave activity because this was in 2004 and so there wasn't the same communication and even Mm. set up we had mobile phones, but they're obviously nothing like the phones you have today. Okay. And yeah. Nothing yeah. Really.
1: So it just was so unexpected. And so, yeah, just to travel that having many of us, I'm sure listening, never gone through anything like that, but it sounds like that moment of like, what's going on to the moment of getting through it and then being like all the what ifs, and then sort of this space opened up in you of like, oh, but I have to help you know and and it sounded like a lot of people probably that sounds like maybe a little bit of a natural course to things um but then for you to embrace it in the way you did i think often we feel like what can we possibly have to offer right Mm -hmm. so just stepping in and beginning it certainly unfolded because we all have a lot to offer (laughs) through um how we show up through our stories um and yours is definitely an example of that and so so sarah after that moment and when you went back into your life after all of that stopped i don't know what you were doing well you were working on the boat so that's um can you tell us like how did you come to working on a boat anyway i mean have you always been a boat person
0: or No, I've always loved the sea. The sea's Mm. been my thing. And I think, I don't know whether it's that contrast because I was born right in the middle of the UK. Although nowhere's that far in the UK from the sea, it was still quite far. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I always wanted to travel, go different places. And I found myself in Mallorca, Spain, a Spanish island teaching English and that's the way I thought I was going to travel the world until I came across all these super yachts and a whole industry that I actually was not on the career list funnily enough of you know (laughs) do you want to be a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher um there was never any would you like to work on a super yacht Mm -hmm. so I didn't even know this existed and when I looked at it and I thought oh wow this this could be a great opportunity to travel go places and so I stepped into it um, largely because through my now husband as well who I met out there in Spain but it was something I had never would have thought I would have ended up in Yeah. um, And I love that sometimes about life, that there's all these different avenues that we end up taking that we can't even predict. And it was fabulous because it was a way that I got to travel all over the world. And in the end, even I mean, going out to Southeast Asia on the boat, the boat was originally in Europe. And then the owners decided they wanted to take it out there, which was like, oh, wow, okay not being out to Southeast Asia but why not let's (laughs) let's go and so even even to going out there was something very unexpected
1: Mm, wow yeah and I I feel like you told me originally you thought you were going to law school
0: well yes because of course that's what I studied and and I thought that I think we're often told at school, you know, of possibilities of what you should become or you can do. And I love studying. I loved learning. And so I thought law was a good, solid choice of mm-hmm. an avenue to take. Um, I also did French with it. and But what happened, I also had a year overseas before that. And that had started this travel idea in my head. So when I actually then came back to university, I felt myself very still drawn to this idea of Mm. living in other countries because Mm. it opens your mind to different cultures, different people. And I am a very curious person. And so I think I was really drawn to the idea of exposing yourself to new experiences Mm -hmm. and what the world has to offer. And so pretty much after my law degree, I enjoyed it. But then I think I was too drawn to travel. And so after that, that took me. I just wanted to go to Spain. So you went to teach English? Yeah, I mean,
1: that takes courage in itself, I would say, to step off a more traditional path and, um, and be able to sort of risk that.
0: It, it does I think but I think we all have things that we find easy and things that we find harder mm. and so perhaps because I did it earlier but traveling and, and particularly years ago when I first started and some of it was on my own and before my bar phones or anything like that I enjoyed that and I think I was pulled forward I was pulled yeah. forward by the dream of travel and mm. exploring new places and so that stepping into new ideas was not as hard for me, though I do recognize that it does take courage to do something different. And particularly Mm -hmm. when you take a job that most people don't even know what it is. And so because of that, it's not necessarily because there is the society's idea that real good jobs are those classic ones, lawyer, doctor, teacher, engineer, those kinds of things. But Mm -hmm. I think the world is changing so fast now and that there are so many new opportunities opening up and none of us know what the future is going to look like, which I think is is quite exciting at the same time. That there will be jobs, we can create our own jobs in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you have um, two daughters, is that right?
0: Yes that's right and they have also done some traveling with us and we were traveling in fact just before the pandemic broke out Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. we're really glad that we were doing that as well because no one could have predicted what is round the corner mm-hmm. and it's really easy to say I'll do something next year yeah. I'll save and we've been saying that for a while and I'm so glad, so grateful that my husband quit his job and that we went off and did considerable travel bef- right before the pandemic, um, because then everything changed.
1: Were you on a boat when you were traveling?
0: No, we were, we went to Canada for a bit. We went to some places around Europe and then okay. we came to New Zealand and then stayed. <laughs> <laughs> and here
1: you are. <laughs> well, I mean, only, I mean, this obviously is how you came into the world. I mean, to be able to really be so open and curious and know at a young age and to be pulled to, to travel and then to do that. Um, and, and, you know, I just love what you're modeling for your children too, but it also seems that you went more on a, uh, curiosity what would i like to do sure i'd like to teach you know i'd like to go to spain i'd like to um now travel in the boat but then after your experience it became more of it felt different right is what i'm hearing from you it was more like oh i like this getting out of bed in the morning and being pulled to a more purposeful life right making a meaning and how that felt was new to you mm.
0: yes because although i took a specific career or um, yeah specific degree my thing had been since I've been young when people say what do you want to do I always said oh I want to live by the sea so it wasn't a a what it was like "I'll I'll follow I'll follow the sea see where it takes me see where (laughs) I end up yeah but when I had this experience it really opened my eyes to okay wow you know imagine if you're doing this every day because of course there's so many people doing jobs also, which takes up most of our lives things that really don't bring them much joy or any joy mm-hmm. and here I was on the in my opinion other extreme of just lit up every day yeah just that feeling of so much passion for what I was doing and yeah. I remember thinking I knew this wasn't going to be a permanent thing but at the same time I had this insight into what living with purpose and passion looked like and so although I then changed and did other things that emotion that feeling has never left me and it's been something that once you see it once your eyes are open to it they can't forget it and so it's something that I've always known is out there and possible and so unfortunately it's also led me to very high standards of like that's what i want that's what i really dream of you know yeah
1: it's something you can't unknow mm.
0: right absolutely yeah i
1: have this written down from when we talked about this last um it said it's not particularly what you're going to do it's how, it's the heart at which you're going to do that with um mm. which i think maybe brings us to what you're moving into in your work now I mean you you've been a writer for a bit and you you did some work with Ignite have you written outside of Ignite or
0: is that sort of your launch into writing um I'm also part way through my own book which I've been writing about what your 90 year old self would tell you which I've been interviewing for as well and that is something that i'm also very passionate about but i think what you mentioned before which i have refound recently and this is quite ironic because my story in this book i haven't really thought about my experience in, in uh, malaysia since that time you know because you don't always recall them But recently, as I've stepped into a new role and I've become a storytelling coach Mm -hmm. and I I absolutely love it and I have that exact same emotional feeling as when I was helping people out in Malaysia after the tsunami and it feels like that coming home, that thing that you've been looking for, that you come back to. And like you said, what I realized was it it didn't matter, like in the during in Malaysia, I didn't know how I was going to help. I just wanted to help. And now what I'm doing, it's the helping other people that lights me up. It's the being able to have an impact and knowing that you can really make a difference in other people's lives. And so, and I think that, and it, and to me, I've realized it doesn't matter. Like he said, what the role is, it doesn't matter if I was doing it through the accounts or was doing it through going to the grocery stores, or now through one-on-one coaching. That medium, it, it's not. It's about the helping people. It's about giving value. It's about service, and that's what I've realized is the real draw for me it's the emotional pull it's what makes me feel like I've got that fulfillment that purpose that drive
1: yeah like you're in the flow so tell us about a storytelling coach because I think that's a new term to most of us
0: yes and so this is like I was talking in a way the future is full of possibilities Mm -hmm. and so recently I reached out to someone who um, was struggling in a, in their podcasting and talking and the discovery came that I thought they needed to add more stories into their delivery because I think it's very easy to think about information and content yeah. and all these kind of things and what I realized is that it's stories that draw us closed it's stories that draw in that connection and I mean this is exactly how the two of us got connected through mm-hmm. our incredible stories and mm-hmm. telling them. And as I've connected with different people, I've realized that this is something not only do I love, but it's that thread when you look backwards, and you can suddenly see, oh, my goodness. And I think sometimes we can be too narrow focused in terms of thinking it's a career, or it's this. And what I've realized is I just love stories. I love hearing them. I love telling them. I love writing them. And they're the what really sticks in my head. And as I started finding out all the science that backs this up, that stories apparently are 22 times easier to remember than pure facts content. And of course, mm. it's because we've got that emotion, that connection. I've also realized that this isn't a skill set that comes easily to everybody. A lot mm. of people think, they don't even have a story who am i mm. but we all have hundreds of stories within us and it's what makes us unique and so there's lots of coaches out there and i know that people are thinking more stories are easier there now in terms of marketing what sell more than just providing old facts and so being able to repackage some of our stories to be able to draw them out of people is something that not only do i love but it it, it comes more naturally to me and so I love being able to s- see people acknowledge that they have got these amazing stories in these lives you know that they are the hero of their own story that there's so many positive things that are happening and sometimes it's so easy to focus on the negative and yet, I love pulling out those incredible stories that people then can then use for their businesses, for their marketing, all these kinds of things. And so, yes,
1: I, I, I'm I love a that so much. <laughs> yes, I love that so much. I mean, because I, I think I shared this a little. I had a little aha when I was talking to you last, um, even though I, I've known that, and that's what this is about. It's like we're all, um, you know main flawed characters in our own epic journeys i say (laughs) um but we don't realize like how powerful that journey is in informing our direction and our purpose and what we're here to do um and i i too think i disregarded it i was too looking outside um for how i was meant to for well not only how i was meant to serve but also how i was going to feel fulfilled in my heart right and then I realized, like, really, I can only teach what I've already walked, like, I, we can study all the techniques out there, you know, and we can share those nuggets. So even knowing that in ourselves, like, makes that such a beautiful offering to help people remember and realize what they've already walked and the power of that. I just, I love that so much. And the other thing that I thought of when you were saying that, I've given lots of talks around stress management and resiliency. And I think people listen and I show the science and, you know, and then, you know, it's at points, you know, I don't know what the attention span is, but it's only when I start to weave my personal, yeah, short goldfish. Um, (laughs) But I notice what happens, you know, people will be doing whatever they do. And then I start to stick it to a story of mine and then people's heads lifts and their eyes connect. And then they're like, oh, wow, I can relate to this. This is something that has a sticking point for me. Right. I think the content without a place to stick it to, it doesn't, it just slides in and out. Right. And so, yeah, that's, a, and yes. then to take it not only to deliver information and share it with yours so people can say, yes, me too, mm-hmm. but then to take people on a journey of their own story as a way to, to discover for themselves whatever it is they, they're coming to around, whether it's their own self discovery or direction or wherever they're stuck I think that's so beautiful
0: Mm. it it, it is just like you say and I think that's what we forget is that loneliness is on the rise and our health is hugely impacted and so as, as humans we are full of emotions and it's this connection like you said this me too when people tell a story from their heart of what they've gone through of the struggles people are like oh she understands she gets me because that's what I'm feeling as well And so they are super, super powerful. And I love that I get to show people stories as well, because when I reframe them and I'll repackage them or put them back to people, people are like, oh, my goodness, that's me like they mm. i can make them be the hero of their story and they've mm-hmm. never seen themselves as being as powerful of what they are of the struggles that they've been through of where it's taken them today and i know ignite is is great at that and i think i've learned a lot through the writing mm-hmm. the process absolutely mm-hmm. um and it's a thing that other people really can only benefit from yeah. learning about as well
1: is there a certain um for people listening that might be interested in your coaching, are there a certain clientele, like, do, are you, do you have a certain audience or not audience, but um, type of people that you work with or just a variety of people or is there a certain demographic?
0: It tends to be more females because of, I suppose, that connection. But people who are looking to create authentic messages through their own unique voice that want their voice empowering and to feel that I think stronger we all need that confidence and particularly if you are looking yourself for other clients often a lot of them have been people who are other coaches or podcasters I've dealt with um, people who are writing and I think it's just thinking about suddenly if you're suddenly having to market yourself, it can be quite challenging Mm. to frame yourself in a very positive light, because we're often quite used to putting ourselves down. Mm -hmm. And we can, and so to have someone else to see that we all can shine, and that we've all got these amazing qualities within us, Um, And it is often sometimes easier for someone from the outside to do that for you, to help nudge you along and go, look at, look at this, look what you've done. That's incredible. Look at this. You can tell this. And so I love being able to highlight somebody else and lift somebody else up. And that's where this whole joy purpose goes in, where people start to like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's me. And it's, I think it's about, like like what this podcast is about as well it's about seeing other people's light come out of themselves about lighting up and seeing what we're all capable of and being able to be a little bit a little part of that to me Mm -hmm. is just incredible
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it is beautiful um I mean, our stories are powerful. Not only do they help us evolve, um, they help us heal, right? And feel worthy of that journey for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful offering that you're doing. I I do love that. And we talked earlier about being mothers and how beautiful and fulfilling it is to be mothers. (laughs) Um, And that I think we both shared that as much as we love that, being a mother, having our home, nurturing, there is this longing in us for more, right? And being able to find a path um, and to know that they both belong, right? Because you, it sounds, uh, tell me if I remember correctly, you sort of stopped working really when you started having your children and really were just caring for your family for a while. Yeah. Yes,
0: I was. And funnily enough uh, before children I'd said to my husband oh you can I'll carry on working and you can stay at home Mm -hmm. and he was like yes I always want to be a stay-at-home dad and then we had Mm -hmm. the children and it didn't work out like that (laughs) and I ended up staying at home and I just couldn't imagine leaving them when they were so young Yeah. suddenly you've got these tiny little humans that you need to look Mm -hmm. after and so I was so blessed and it's just a wonderful time because People had told me later, you know, that they grow up so quickly, which they do now because they're already eight and nine. But I really loved that time that I had with them. But I think then there came a point after a few years where you get so wrapped up in your children that you lose your own identity. Mm -hmm. So it all becomes about them. And I think that's when I started reassessing. Okay, I I do need to find a little bit of me as well and do something Mm -hmm. for me. And so I love that time where I was able to dedicate so much time to them and homeschool and see them every day. And I got to see all their little new things they did. And I feel very blessed for that. But I also think now this feels right for me in stepping forward into a new role, which I still dedicate time to them. We still love family games in the evening Mm -hmm. and they're still a, a huge part of my life. But now it's it's mixed with a pot of other things as well
1: yeah yeah i mean i think we uh i i came up for air much later than you i think i <laughs> it took me a while um uh, first time around uh, the second time around i've had more balance because i've realized i'm the best version of myself when i'm filling all those little pieces of my life that are in, that need nurturing right not just nurturing everyone else i have to be filled up too and you know, there's, I just thought uh, for me, I kind of thought, you know, a good mother um, Mm -hmm. makes her family more important than anything else. And why at the end of the day, my family may be more important than anything else, but it doesn't mean that I also can't fulfill these other parts of myself that want to help in different ways. Right. So I just, I'd like to, we talked about that. I want to share it because I think it's something a lot of us struggle with. Um, like maybe that we shouldn't feel that way and while the world's changing I think I hope that we all know that that's not the case uh, we can be individuals and um wonderful mothers also and partners and yes. find I think it keeps our light brighter for sure mm. yeah
0: and I I what one of the things I think just to finish up on what you were saying there as well is this whole I realized recently in fact that once you have children there's this almost guilt that no matter what you do if you spend too long with your children you feel like you should be somewhere else or if you spend too long at work you should be more with your children and to actually just accept that you'll Mm -hmm. never feel like you did before you had children because now they're a big part of your life and that's Mm -hmm. okay some days Mm -hmm. you'll be with your work more some days you'll be with your children more and that's okay that's
1: okay yeah I love that you point that out. I was, my 25 year old son is home going to grad school and it was a year or so ago. I was home on one day and I was, he just was watching me, I think. And at some point he said to me, you always think you should be doing something other than what you're doing. <laughs> like, you know, you're right. <laughs> it's that thing that you just mentioned it's like oh how can I fill every cup at the
0: same time
1: Um, and so we can't
0: no and it's just like you said actually being in that moment like if you're going to spend 10 minutes with the kids spend 10 minutes where they feel like you've got your attention and so that to me it's about wherever you are which is challenging sometimes wherever you are give that your focus yes
1: yes that is such a rich statement and I know I've seen over and over again in my life, um, be here now. Don't miss those little drops of joy when they come, right? Because it's usually in the mundane thing, things in life. It's not the big wows that we expect. I had, um, as we talk about balance a little bit, and, you know, maybe it's just not really a thing, as you're saying, you know, like I had one of the therapists I was meeting with for a while said, you know, you can balance, like you can be like, standing on the side of something at this weird angle and you could be balanced. It doesn't necessarily mean that everything's equal. And I was like, oh yeah, all right. I think it's an unrealistic thing that we might reach Mm -hmm. for at times, yeah.
0: I totally agree in fact I've stopped using the word balance because I think visually as soon as I see that word in my head I picture the old-fashioned scales with a straight line with as soon as you put more weight on one side the other side goes up
1: which Mm -hmm. implies
0: that when you do one thing the other thing is out of balance or not and so I don't think if you if you trying to attain it you'll never quite get there because Mm -hmm. we can't by the very fact if you're Juggling, if you're doing lots of things at the same time, nothing's really getting your focus. So, like you say, in that moment, you're missing out on the small little things that really make life what it is.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So, tell us what your podcast is going to be about. Is it more on the story extension side of things, or
0: yes? Are you ready to talk about it? I mean, my podcast. It's because of the book launch. It's planned for June. And so it's about these incredible stories, but it's also about the everyday stories because everyday people going through the struggles and then the lessons that we learn in them and then coming out the other side and the inspiration that we can take from them. Um, Because I feel that a lot of it's easy to focus on the negativity. And as I have traveled, around the world and met people from all walks of life and heard these incredible stories This is not what we see in the news. This is not what we see all around us. And I think when we hear of what other people have been through, of their challenges, but yet what they've been able to achieve themselves, I think it inspires us all to believe in a world of possibilities, Mm -hmm. that there is a world of awe and wonder, and we are all part of that. And so that is my big message of stories, of listening, of, of like the stories that we have in this book of those incredible journeys that we go through because we're not connecting and sitting around the campfire anymore and we're not sharing these stories and so this is what I want to bring a light to the incredible everyday stories that are just lying under the rug forgotten
1: yeah beautiful I can't wait to hear them will you um what is the name of your podcast?
0: at the moment I'm going with stories that wow but Mm -hmm. it's just a name and we're going to (laughs) see how it evolves yeah and so I'm very excited but it's it's more about the connections and the interactions that will will come from the people that I that we connect with really yeah so
1: well we'll look for it we'll put a it won't yet be out when the show comes out I don't think but um you have a website
0: yes I do it is thestorytellingart.com. Oh, nice. and so I can be contacted at um sarah at the nice
1: we'll have that in the show notes and and I'm sure once your podcast is up you'll have a link to it in there um, yes but um anyone wants to reach out and engage with this lovely being of light here. I would encourage you to do so. I can only imagine I love talking to you. I can only imagine your coaching would be delightful. Um, and uh, thank you. thank you for being here. Thank for sharing everything you have today. Um, the last question I'd like to just ask you is how do you stay resilient in your journey? Do you have some practices of self-care that um, help to keep you
0: well? I do mainly morning practices of meditation, yoga, stretching, a few affirmations, a bit of journaling, reading. I'm an avid reader and I believe that we can learn so much from so many people who have gone before us. And of Mm. course, those incredible stories. And so and, and that's what I'm inspired by reading and learning from other people and that really fills me up I also love getting outside in nature and sometimes I'll often go for a walk listening to something being outside so that is my real um, energy booster that lights me up
1: nice thank you for that I know do you fit all that in before your children get out of
0: bed (laughs) <laughs> I try. It's not always possible.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm always like I cherish those hour, that hour, or hour and a half that I get up. If I don't, then I, I definitely sets my day in a different direction. I mean, my, my children are getting older. Yours are also. It's not that we don't have quiet moments, but there is something about those hours when everyone's still resting <laughs> that are like little gems. But, oh, yeah. Well, Sarah, thanks for being here. Um, we look forward to all that you have coming up. And uh, thanks for being. I mean, Sarah, you're not only on the Ignite, um, an author, but you've been part of the team to help guide us all. And uh, thank you for that, your wisdom you've been sharing with all of us.
0: A pleasure. Thank you so much. I've so enjoyed talking to you, Mary, as well. And I think what you're doing here. And the message that you're spreading through your podcast is is just incredible. I think we all have a message that the world needs to hear.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Take care. So that wraps up another episode of Zen Mama and Everyday Gurus, of which you are one. And thank you so much for being here. I think our stories are powerful. They connect us and They make us stronger, right? Collectively, we can move forward and heal and find our way, find our North Star, and then maybe shine the light on the path for somebody else. Another way you can support this is to send me a rating, a comment. Those things help. If you know someone that might enjoy the podcast, please share. Additionally, uh, my website is marystreeter.co. You can find some other things over there. So thanks again for being here. Have the best day. Find something to celebrate. And don't forget the power of the plants.